Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Paula Okone is a woman in tech, leader, and entrepreneur. As a self-described tech lover, she sees herself as an encourager to other women who struggle with finding their voice and struggle with technology. As a teenager, Paula had a hard time with math, but through the patient tutoring of an aunt, she was able to overcome that and went on to become a mathematician. Later, her journey evolved into accountancy and information systems. Fascinated with the story behind every business, Paula researched and learned the ins and outs of podcasting. And in 2015, she launched her first podcast, Chatting with the Experts. However, giving back to women has always been uppermost in her mind, especially when she saw how underrepresented women were in the technology and STEM sectors. In 2016, she met with like-minded women, and together they launched a podcast called Lady Tech Charmer, which is a lead podcast of the Carolina Women in Tech. Let's welcome to our show, Paula Okone with Chatting with the Experts. Thank you, Denise, for having me on your show. I've been wanting to be um, you know, a guest of yours for a while. So I'm happy we got it together. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm delighted to have you here as well. So, you know, reading through your bio here, I actually learned something about you. For the many, many years I've known you, and we've probably known each other at least a decade. Mm-hmm. I've always known you to be in the technology sector, digital uh, websites, digital marketing. I did not know you were a mathematician. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, as you rightfully said, that's one reason that my co-host and I decided to launch um, Lady Tech Charmers because we said, you know, when we'd go to meetings, there'd be hardly any women there. And, you know, technology, engineering, math, science, those are um, subjects that when you talk to women or girls about it, it's like, no, 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 that's not for me. So I have a story between, I mean, behind me becoming a mathematician because I too fell into that category of, nope, math is not for me. It's for the boys. But thank God for an aunt who was a mathematician herself. She was a professor and she encouraged me. And so here I am. You know, it's interesting because we have that STEM background a little bit in common. Uh, My first career, I worked in the lab at Coca-Cola And so I worked with (laughs) quantitative analysis, water treatment, um, microbiology. Yeah, that that was my first career. So that's kind of interesting that we share that in common. So tell me a little bit more about your path from mathematician to accounting to now to what you're doing now. Long story. After I had my aunt encourage me to um, love mathematics, that's when I decided to do it as an uh, as my undergraduate at the university. After that, I taught for some time at an all-girls school. I taught mathematics and encouraged them also to love math, but then I wanted something else. And so being that I had a British background, math was kind of like the next step, you know, what do you do with your math? So I looked around, I loved numbers, and then started doing some of the British exams called the ACCA. And so I worked as an accountant in an accounting firm for about three years, then went on to um, actually be a director at my 
family business and I was the um, main accountant there. So with that being done, after I got married, I started wondering, do I want to be an accountant anymore? And the answer was pretty clear when I was juggling a five-year-old and a two-year-old and heard that my British um, certification had to be Americanized, for want of a better word. I went for one of the classes, for the CPA classes. I saw all the books. I saw how serious everyone was. And I wanted to be serious too. But my two-year-old was a handful. And so I thought this is not going to work. Um, this was in the early 2000s. And so I started doing some research and wondered what was out there. And of course, technology was becoming mainstream. Or I, don't, I shouldn't even say mainstream, but technology was becoming a common word. I remember thinking about this may be the path for me. And so I went and did information systems, decided this was what I liked, came out, was looking for a job. Everyone was like, you need three to five years experience, which of course I didn't have. Long story short, I decided that, well, I better launch a go out on my own. And that's when I started my small business of web design and development. That's interesting. That tends to lead to that adversity tends to lead to a path of business ownership often. And, you know, I'm sorry that you did go through that, but I'm not surprised to hear that story either, because that's a very common thread. A lot of times when people are not able to do what they're perfectly skilled and qualified at is they come out and become an entrepreneur. So I brought you on today so we can talk about podcasting since your your career has evolved into this and you've been doing this for quite some time. So is it fairly easy to start a podcast? What what do you find? Because I know, and let me back up just a little bit. You also teach people how to podcast. Is that correct? Yes. Well, um, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I have done some coaching, but when I say that's the plan, as of this time, I haven't kind of launched it on my website. Those are things I'm still working. Life happens. Lots of life happens. And so I've come to this stage of life to realize that, yes, you may make plans, but things happen. And so you got to step back, reevaluate, pivot. COVID happened, you know, and then redo what you plan to do probably a year ago. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it back to the other question. So is it easy to start podcasting? I think it is. My story behind podcasting was because I was looking for something to differentiate myself. And I thought, hmm, podcasting, nobody seems to know about this. Let me start one. Let me start talking to people. And so I think to start a podcast, you got to ask yourself some questions. Come up with, first of all, an idea. Why do you want to start the podcast? You know, ideas can um, spiral. I'd say start with an avatar. Ask yourself, well, okay, I want to start a podcast. Who do I want to talk to? So I came up with an avatar. I looked at it, who I wanted to talk to, their ages, their genders, what, where they lived, their hobbies, what interested them, what interested me, what, uh, what do I want to talk to them about, you know? And so after I brain dumped all of that, together with the fact that I was looking for something to differentiate myself with, I said, I wanted to talk to business owners locally. That's where I started. Regional, sorry, regionally, nationally, and internationally about how they started their business. Because for me, and I think this released a lot of people, if you want to start a podcast, think about what you want to talk about and then build up on that. So start with an idea. 
as you start with that idea, as I said, dump, brain dump in with all your passions, your life experiences, probably your work experiences, that will give you an idea on what topics you would like to talk about. I'd say talk about something you're passionate about because when you're passionate about an idea or a topic, it's easier to find the guests that want to also talk about their passion. So if it kind of overlaps, that's a plus. And then the next thing I'd say is now from the idea that you have a topic, think about nichiness because I have heard this term and I'm sure you have too, Denise, that the riches are in the niches. So, you know, when you kind (laughs) of... The riches are in the niches. niches. (laughs) So when, I mean, if you talk to any and everybody, then you're not talking to anybody at all. But if everyone knows that you have a podcast, that you're talking probably to just women in tech, or you're talking to women who are immigrants, or you're talking to women who have had some struggles in life, then you would find the listeners who want to be part of your audience, want to listen to what you're talking about. So I'd say start up with an idea, whittle it down to the topic you are passionate about, and then niche it. Look for a niche that you know that you are really passionate about because you'd find other people who are just as passionate, who are interested in listening to your podcast. Okay. So start with an idea, whittle it down, then niche it. Yes. Perfect. And what type of equipment do you normally recommend for startup podcasters? So um, everyone, these days, everyone knows what the podcast is. So that's a plus. I'd say (laughs) (laughs) simply start with your computer. You need a computer, right? You need a mic. There are different types of mics. Like I have done a lot. I've tried different types and I found other ones that work best for me. So they're compression mics. I started off with a compression mic, which was the Blue Yeti. That was good, but this compression mics tend to pull things in from around you. I think a lot of um, musicians use that. And so I quickly found out that in my house, that wasn't the quietest. I was picking up sounds that were not, <laughs> would not have been great on the, um, the podcast. So I now did some research and then came up with a dynamic mic. I got the, um, the ATR 2100, which is what I'm using now. And that's a lot better because it picks up the sounds that directional. So it goes directly into the mic itself. A pair of earbuds wouldn't help, wouldn't hurt. hurt. And of course you need recording equipment, recording equipment like some of them are free and some are not. I use Audacity. I also use Zoom. There's Zencaster, which I kind of experimented with, but I found that a lot of people were not aware of it. And so I quickly dropped that. And then there's Adobe, and I can never remember the name of Adobe. Um, Audition, I think, Adobe Audition. So those are what you can use for recording. So I would say your um, equipment, keep it simple, a mic, a computer, recording software. There you go. And so I've actually tried Audacity. I got a little confused with it. I found it a little bit hard to use. So maybe I need might need to come back to you and have you coach me on that a little bit. <laughs> the advantage of Audacity is that it's free. 
It works on all systems, your Mac mm-hmm. or PC, a Windows-based computer. So that's great. With um, Adobe um, an Audition, there's a subscription for that. It's probably roughly about $35, $36 you pay a month. And um, if you don't want to go into that expense, I'd say just start with Audacity. Okay. So now we have our niche, we have our equipment. So how do you actually start it? How do you create it? And what do you do? So the first thing is, after you've got your niche, you know who you're talking with, start looking for your guests. As I mentioned earlier, if you're passionate about something, there is definitely some people who are passionate about the same thing. So start looking for guests. You can find them. Well, before the um, pandemic, it was easy or easier to find p- potential guests by networking, you know, going to some meetups, some networking meetings. That was an easier place to find guests. Now, these days, what I do is I ask my guests to pass on my name because, I mean, since we share a similar passion, then it's easier to find guests who also share the same passion as they do. As they do. So, so you, I would say, look for your guests because you do need a guest to have <laughs> a podcast, right? Or you need some guests. Decide also on what type of podcast do you want. Should it be a solo podcast? Should it be interview style? Should it be a mixed, you know, solo and interview? Or could it be a panel? Those have it, you know, they all have their pros and their cons. I started as a solo, well, I wouldn't say a solo podcast. So I started to interview a style because I think that's an easier way to start, especially if you're someone like me. I didn't like public speaking. So it was great when I found someone or guess who was passionate about my topic to speak to them about their passion. So the interview style, I think, is, a, is one that a lot of people are comfortable with. So probably once you come up with your, your style, which in my case was interview, then you find guests that share the same passion. Some people are more comfortable to deal, I mean, to have just a solo podcast where they are the expert. So they talk about a topic that interests them or after they research, they know that they have like a, a listening audience that will be interested in their topic. You could be talking about, you know, marketing. You could be talking about anything these days. Um, talk about your, your, your pets. You can talk about why women with two-year-olds have sleepless nights, whatever <laughs> your passion is, you know. So you can be the expert on that. As a business owner, I've also told people that sometimes the best person to talk about your business is you. You know the ins and outs. You know the questions that people ask you. Address that. A podcast could give you that opportunity to be the expert on your own business. Now, I'm talking about mixed style. When I started with my co-host, Lady Tech Charmers, that was more of a mixed style because it was like now the three of us bringing in guests. So we had experts coming on. And then we also sometimes turned things around and we did roundtables where we talked to each other about, uh, you know, whatever was a passion that time, you know, it could be like, wow, we are three months into this interview style. Um, What have you learned? What are your ups and downs? And then, of course, there's the panel where you bring on a team of experts. And then there are other experts all, you know, talking about this specific topic. And sometimes you have people calling in. So it's important to think about the format that you want to have your podcast in. And you know what? 
It's What's your that? podcast. <laughs> so you can decide at any time how you want it, it to be. You know, you may start off as a solo and then decide that's not for me and pivot and say, I'm going to do more interview style. And then through that, decide, well, that's, you know, that's working for me. Or let me try the panel style. And one of the greatest things is, you know, getting on to someone else's podcast because then you find that, you know, you learn a lot from other people as they do from you. And then you can do the mix to where, you know, you are like with a co-host and interview style as well, because you're bringing in one guest and then sometimes you're all at each other's, well, for want of a better word, guests. Absolutely. I, I agree. And I have been a guest on a few podcasts, not too many though. I probably need to do it more often because I also find that being a source of in- inspiration. Absolutely. I mean, I have, as I said, for years, I was the interviewer, but um, I think you have to probably know yourself because when I, I was saying that to uh, my co-host recently, when we started doing um, the co-host and for um, Lady Tech Chalmers, it had its own challenges. It was a little different because now I wasn't the main person interviewing somebody else. It was the three of us bringing our ideas together. And then we had to create a rhythm, you know, okay, who's going to ask this question? Who's an expert on this particular subject so that you can be the lead interviewer to that particular guest? So, you know, every style has its pros and cons, but you find the one that works for you. And as I said, you are the expert. I mean, you it's your podcast. Make it work the way that works best for you. Absolutely. So I know sometimes when people start podcasts, they think, oh, this is another stream of income. Talk to me a little bit about monetization. That's something that a lot of people ask me about. And I think as a podcaster, you've got to be creative. I don't think that in terms of monetization, that podcasts, you know, that your revenue can come directly from podcasting. Depending on the type of podcast you have, I feel it opens up you to many different opportunities. So podcasting can give you the voice out there to, to touch on different streams of income. I know people who have gotten sponsors. So sponsorship is one form of monetizing your podcast. Affiliate links, like the more, I'd say the larger your audience is, the more Mm. opportunities you have for affiliate links. Depending on the type of podcast format you have, like if you do the solo one and you're a business owner, there's a lot of ways to drive traffic to your website where you host your podcast. You know, you can make reference to um, some of your products and then with podcasts, then just the nature of podcasting or podcasts, you'd have a lot of people who may be at the gym, but well, not so much now during COVID, but taking walks, you know, the quiet times, listening into podcasts that may hear you make reference to a product that probably they're not aware of and then visit your website and actually purchase that product. I think as a podcaster, there are many ways that you can address people's pain points. People are looking for solutions. So now as a business owner, if you have a product or a service that addresses your audience's pain pain points, that's one way of driving, uh, of, of creating revenue for yourself. So I'd say podcasting is not a direct stream of revenue, but you can make substantial living from using the podcast to address pain points and other points of interest that your, your, your listeners may have. There's one way that I know that some people 
actually um, have made some income. And that is, you know, they provide like PDF, downloadable mm-hmm. content. They um, have opportunities, more speaking opportunities that they get paid. You know, I think one has to be creative in when you're looking for revenue streams from a podcast because it's becoming, as it becomes more and more mainstream, the bigger companies like Spotify, um, NPR, a lot of them are, you know, uh, having podcasts now. And so as a small podcaster, it may involve you trying to be a bit more creative in looking for revenue streams. For me, this has been more like a passion. I like what I do. I like the people I talk to. I find that, I mean, it's opened up so many doors for me. When I started podcasting, I, I, as I mentioned, I was a small business owner of a web design and development company. I was looking for a way to differentiate myself. And podcasting did that for me because I went from, you know, looking for business to actually talking to the business owners about themselves. And through that, we became more than just like, okay, one business owner to the next. We became friends because most times they, through our interview, at the end of it, we found that we had some common things or that we found that there were some problems, pain points again, that they needed addressed. And I was able to now come in, not as a looking for a business, but it was more from a um, like a friend's perspective. Does that make sense? It does. It does completely. So, um, so let's wrap up and... Before we do, though, I think one of the more common questions is about marketing. Give me just a couple quick hits on the best way to market a podcast. I think the best way to market a podcast is to through social media. There are lots of ways to do that in social media. So after you have um, launched your podcast, reach out to your guests who have been on your podcast. You know, ask them to market you. Write up some articles on LinkedIn. Or, or, or Facebook or whichever social platform or media platform that you're comfortable about or you know you're comfortable with. For me, I made a lot of mistakes. I tried Twitter. I realized I'm not a Twitter girl. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, I didn't quite like Facebook and people find that strange. But market yourself on the on, on the social um, media platform that you're most comfortable with. Talk about talk about your guests, talk about the things that they have offered on your show. Through your show notes, you can have links to guests, um, business or services that they are offering. You can use content marketers like Buffer or Hootsuite. There's some new ones that I'm not really familiar with. You may be more familiar with them, um, Denise. They can push out your content. Make Mm -hmm. sure that you have eyeballs on what you are talking about. And, you know, especially if it's an interview show, you're not just marketing yourself. You're marketing your guests. And they have a wide sphere of influence, wider sphere of influence than you do. And so it kind of snowballs itself. So I'd say, you know, start with social media, the platform you're, you're most comfortable with, write blogs about it, write reference to your guests, make reference to some of the topics that you have covered. And you will find that you got a lot more exposure than you can even imagine. I know from my, my own experience, podcasting has opened up so many doors for me. I've been able to co-author a book with an, a client of mine who is actually international. I've had speaking engagements in England that I've been paid for. As I have co-hosted a podcast with my with some other women, we are now the lead podcast of 
Carolina Women in Tech. That would not have been an opportunity for me. We've got sponsors from Carolina Women in Tech, from the Lady Tech Charmers. So, you know, there was many, many ways of, of marketing yourself. But I'd say start simple. Start with the, the, the social media platform that you're most comfortable with it and go for it. Great advice. Now, Paula, how can our listeners find you after today's show? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on my website, Chatting with the Experts. I'm also, as I mentioned, with um, Lady Tech Charmers. You can find me there. And I answer all emails. So you can actually email me at Paula at Chatting with the Experts, and I will get back to you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Denise, for having me on your show. I love talking about what I do. As I mentioned before, I was never very comfortable with um, public speaking, but podcasting has done a lot for me with public speaking. It's given me a voice that I didn't have previously. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.